Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. Well, we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, and especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Pray on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer, because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. 
Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. And you are tuned in to not only the Secret Teachings, but the Fringe FM. The network website, Fringe.fm, broadcasting around the world. Thank you for tuning in this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening. You can download the free Fringe FM app. Listen to us also on TalkStream Live and the Paranormal Radio app. If you have questions, if you'd like to contact us, you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. And if you'd like access to the full show archive, a lot of our shows are on the website and free. But we support this show through the subscription service and through book sales. My three books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. You can read reviews of those books, see what other authors and radio hosts had to say about those books by checking out the book pages on The Secret Teachings website, www.thesecretteachings.info. For those of you who are interested in subscribing to the archive, you get a lot of stuff with your subscription. You get access to download and stream every show to download and stream every montage, and you get access to read and download digital versions of my books, including some of the original books that I wrote that are not published. That's all on the website. You can either subscribe through PayPal on the website, weekly, monthly, or yearly, or you can do it through PayPal through a single donation if you don't want that reoccurring charge. Those are your two options. With every yearly subscription, you also get a physical copy of one of my books, Your Choice, And based upon listener request, I've adjusted the Patreon page. We now have a $5 a month Keep It Simple plan that will get you access to behind-the-scenes videos and some other cool stuff like making show requests or video requests for behind-the-scenes. But our big archive bundle is what I really want to promote to you. It is $15 a month, and you get access to the full show archive, the montages, the digital books, plus all the other perks of our Patreon, and you get access to the -the behind-the-scenes videos. I've been asked by several listeners about having an archive subscription through Patreon, and this is what I chose to come up with. Check it out on Patreon or check out the link. I think it's at the very top of our website. There it is. It says Patreon. If you click on that, you'll find a link to the Patreon page. And or you could just simply go to Patreon and type in the secret teachings. So that is what we have going on right now through the website or through Patreon. Also, 25% off water filters for our affiliate sponsor, Pro One Water Filters. It's an affiliate profit sharing, so it doesn't cost you anything. But if you're looking to get a water filter for yourself, friends, family, for a gift for the holidays, or just a general everyday gift, or a water filter for the shower as well. They sell those 25% off, I think, everything on their site. Check that out 
a link on our website at the top of the page, the slider bar. Last thing, all the listeners, all of you out there who have supported our fundraiser for Escape from New York, like the movie, I am escaping from New York, hopefully within the next month, and heading out of what has turned into cold weather and snow. I'm looking at a reflection in one of my pictures here outside. It's snowing right now, tonight. Down to the southwest. Back to the southwest for me. Going to take the studio down there and focus exclusively on radio. It's because of listeners like you grabbing books, subscribing to the show, that we can do this show the way that we do it five nights a week here on The Fringe, plus an hour Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Aftermath.fm, a separate network. I do try to do the cross-promotion for both of those networks. I want to thank all of you who subscribed, donated, bought a book for the Escape from New York. I thanked uh, everybody so far last night on the broadcast www.thesecretteachings.info, rdgable at yahoo.com. Shows like last night. You know, last night I had this idea to do a show on the Supreme Court case about guns and permits for guns. And I took a look at how the Supreme Court has ruled in the past, in 2008 and 2010, that barring certain legitimate, reasonable, logical restrictions and regulations that states can put on gun purchases, it's pretty much, you know, unconstitutional to prevent someone from having a gun in their home for self-defense. And they're probably going to rule here in 2021 or 2022, whenever the case is decided, that you can have a gun without a good reason, so long as you're a law-abiding citizen, you're not mentally ill, and states can't restrict that. And my perspective on it is I don't particularly like guns, but I have a gun for self-defense. I might also purchase another gun when I move out to, to, to the Southwest, Arizona, because there's, you know, there's sport in it. Um, I don't hunt, but, you know, I, I don't hate guns. I don't really like guns. I just see them as an inevitable part of our existence. So I have a gun. And my perspective on the subject of guns is just that. I don't necessarily like them. I don't necessarily hate them, but I see them as a necessity. And of course, when we're talking about politics, that can get really confusing. People can't really determine where I'm coming from. He's not that. He's not that. What is he? Same thing with abortion. You know, I think abortion should be legal, but I also think that there are certain moral things in our society that should be taught, practical things that should be taught. And if those things were taught, it might reduce the need for certain abortions. You know, I, I, which, you know, it's like I, I don't think that abortions should be restricted because their, you know, pregnancy is an inevitability. It's like guns and violence is an inevitability. And, you know, I don't think it should be restricted, so there should be access to it, but it should also have, you know, regulations placed on it, which is what the Supreme Court has determined in, in several cases, including Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood. Uh, versus uh, 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 in, in Pennsylvania versus Casey in 1992. So I look at that a little bit differently. I also look at the subject of space and UFOs and UAPs. I look at that a little bit differently as well. Uh, I've been reading through a book called Need to Know, UFOs, the Military, and Intelligence. Uh, one of my favorite UFO writers, one of my favorite UFO authors, Timothy Good. And Timothy Good has written a handful of books, including a book called Above Top Secret, 
one of his definitive works, I think, if not one of his, it might be the definitive work, capital T-H-E, the definitive work on UFOs and on the subject of not only UFOs, but, uh, you know, his other books that expand into uh, alien bases on, on, you know, uh, on the planet underwater, uh, not just UFOs and UAPs, but USOs, um, government contact with these, these uh, things, these entities, whatever they might be. And, you know, his book isn't just a bunch of uh, random, you know, things. It's, it's well-documented with uh, scans of military documents from around the world, not just in the United States, you know, from, from Britain, from Canada, from China, from South America, just all over the world. And, and it's, it's really good stuff. You know, prior to reading Timothy Good, I, I think my favorite UFO book, Alien book, is Alien Agenda by our good friend, who was on the show many times, late uh, researcher, investigator, author Jim Mars. Alien Agenda is a very comprehensive book, I think akin to Above Top Secret on the subject of you know aliens and UFOs and all that. And I, and I, I know in the, the world of radio, late night radio, people like to hear the, the, the talk about space and the, you know, the final frontier. They like to hear about uh, you know, NASA and pictures from space probes and rovers and things like that. And even the late night radio, you know, some radio, uh, and I don't honestly have one in mind. I'm just saying there are some radio networks that don't want you to go too far into that subject because it can get a little bit complicated in terms of, you know, where the, the buck stops, where does the money stop coming in? When do we offend people's, you know, otherwise reasonability? So, you know, I started looking at some space news this week, and I saw that SpaceX launched 53 Starlink Internet satellites and then landed their rocket in a foggy flight, according to Space.com. This article came out over the weekend, 53 Starlink Internet satellites. SpaceX, out of Cape Canaveral, Florida, launched its second rocket this week, carrying a stack of Starlink satellites into orbit in a foggy flight before sticking a booster landing at sea. The previously flown Falcon 9 rocket blasted off from Space Launch Complex 40 here at Cape Canaveral's Space Force Station, 7.19 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, marking the company's 25th launch of the year. It also marked this particular booster's ninth flight, the ninth flight for the Falcon 9, and they launched 53 Starlink Internet satellites into space. Now, a lot of people have been seeing these Starlink satellites, and they've been seeing what kind of a, a amounts to almost like a, I guess they, they think or they perceive it to be some giant, you know, unidentified flying object. And of course, the the the, the biggest flying object perhaps ever witnessed by by civilians was the Phoenix Lights uh, back in the nineties. And that particular case, you know, uh, Dr. Lynn Katai, she wrote a book on it. Um, she's given numerous talks. There's documentaries on it. Uh, it's probably the most widely seen UFO uh, event in recorded history, especially of its nature, considering that this thing was seen over several states. And it's been seen in other parts of the world uh, because it was... It kind of looked circular, almost like the giant ships from Independence Day. But this thing came 
over top of Phoenix. It was, you know, multiple states. It was tracked, actually. The thing was tracked. And, um, you know, when it was identified, it kind of looked like it was triangular or, or boomerang-shaped. And there's a, a video that's now circulating the Internet. We might talk about this in more detail later on this week. There's a video circulating the Internet of a doorbell camera that caught a UFO, clearly an unidentified flying object. And this apparently was recorded in October this year, 2021. It's now circulating the Internet. Uh, In the U.K., a UFO flying above the street, a very, very large object, which has these very bright lights and seems to be triangular-shaped. Now, it looks... I think it looks a little bit smaller than the Phoenix Lights, which, of course, was a series of events that led up to that, that big sighting. But this object is also triangular. And in reading Timothy Good's book, he has literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of military accounts, classified, uh, you know, confidential, classified, top secret, SCI, and SAP, essentially, the different national security agency classifications, various you know, top secret classifications, uh, different intelligence agencies uh, around the world, from the Soviet Union to uh, Brazil, uh, Peru, uh, just thinking some, some of the ones I just read, Al- Algeria, of course, the famous uh, Iranian UFO encounter, the, the Phantom Jet. Um, I think that that was even in the X-Files. You know, you have these cases, these things all around the world. And, you know, if you don't put all that together, you don't think, that this is anything more than an episode of the X-Files. It's just some crazy conspiracy theorists that talk about mumbo-jumbo nonsense on the radio or on ancient aliens, for that matter, or in documentaries. And, you know, I like, I like to think of myself as a hybrid radio host because I look at these kinds of things. I look at these types of, uh, you know, stories, and I, I see the, the video. I've watched the video of this big object in the UK on the door cam, the doorbell cam. And I see uh, what looks like a triangular-shaped object moving across the sky. Very large, very, you know, very much unidentified. Definitely not a commercial airliner. Probably not a military, you know, craft, a conventional military craft anyway. But when I see it, it, it isn't, you know, indisputable proof that aliens are flying over the UK. You know, to me, what is indisputable proof are the things that aren't presented as proof, the things that make you think, the things you have to document, the things that you have to look at, you have to correlate, you have to quantify. Those are the things that you have to read books. You have to read through declassified documents. You have to weed out what is perhaps information that is planted in the same way that you have to look at these videos and say, I don't know if this is real or not. You know, it's the equivalent of a deep fake. You know, there's so much fraudulent, falsified hoaxed material and we get more and more of that with with digital technologies advancing and 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 you know pretty much anybody can can have access to the technology to create something like this you know it makes you wonder you know how much of what we see today is real and how much of it is 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 false is a hoax is fraudulent how much of it is real but tweaked enough this is what John D'Souza from the FBI told us when he was on they basically have departments where they take legitimate videos and photographs tweak it and then re-upload it i think he said something about even re-uploading things on private channels on youtube so that there's a discrepancy in the video that the original video didn't have and then if that video becomes viral it can be easily dismissed through the plant 
in the video or the photograph. John D'Souza told us that, I don't know how many years ago, three, four years ago. I'm sure he's mentioned that on other radio shows too, other interviews and conferences he's done. We should probably get John back on the show, actually. Uh, John's a cool guy. But, you know, that's, he said that's kind of the FBI's policy. I mean, and that's the FBI. What about the CIA? What about the NSA? What about these other agencies? Like, there's so much evidence. There's so much overwhelming evidence. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big, let's say, you know, uh, I have a lot of intrigue in the subject of UFOs. And um, I watch these videos, but I question them. I watch Ancient Aliens for fun. I know some people on there, or I've interviewed them, and it's fun. I don't believe everything that I see. I don't believe everything that I hear. A, a lot of times, information is, you know, very, very tic-tac. And I don't mean that to be a pun. It's very kind of candy-like and sugar-coated and very simplistic and... You need the complexity sometimes to get all the details so that you can see the parallels in, in these different you know, cases, and when, especially when we're talking about UFOs, UAPs, USOs for that matter. But there's more going on in space. Uh, more that, you know, although it might not be a giant flying saucer, it's really, really indicative. It, it, it's really um, demonstrable that what we think about space is not at all accurate. That might sound like just such a general statement, but what we think about space, there's so much evidence, it's indicative that what we think about space is not accurate. And I think that because people have come to that conclusion, and people think critically about it, and there are critical masses in certain groups that get a lot of attention I think intelligence agencies have gone into counterintelligence mode and they've revamped things like flat earth. They've revamped that the moon and the sun are just big LED lights in the sky or big light bulbs. And this stuff is pushed on Reddit and YouTube, etc. And if you question the nature of the status quo mainstream narrative about anything, you're immediately dismissed called a kook, called a conspiracy theorist, whatever, and associated with those nut job people who believe in UFOs. I guess if I'm a nut job, the military of the United States of America is full of nut jobs, and so are the militaries and colonels and sergeants and lieutenants and you know people that work on the deck of ships and intelligence agents and operatives and all that. But we don't always know that what they're saying is true, but we have a long history of documentation of what they've said, that UFOs certainly exist. UAPs certainly, USOs exist. There's no doubt about that. We've had that disclosure literally for decades. So I'm not looking for more of that disclosure of alien UFO craft. They might be alien, they might not be. What I'm looking for right now is what is going on out in space. We've heard for years the question of why has NASA never gone back to the moon? Well, NASA planned to go to the moon in 2024. Their Artemis mission, their deadline for a crewed lunar landing has now been relaxed by the Biden administration. You know, for, for, for people that really love science, for people that vote blue and they love NASA, they sure don't like to fund scientific exploration. The Obama administration pretty much canceled the shuttle project. You could argue there's a lot more advanced technology. We don't need to be using chemical fuels. 
uh, they pretty much canceled the, the, the shuttle program. And then the Biden administration has helped to push back the Artemis project or the Artemis program. And, you know, this is, um, this is something that happened earlier this year. You know, the Artemis program was pushed back and that, you know, they're probably not going to do it in, in 2024. And that was the mission that was supposed to go to the moon. They're saying maybe 2025, you know, probably no later than 2025, but it's still a long way off. I mean, people that were really expecting to watch this on the TVs like in the 1960s, they're probably not going to get, you know, to do that anytime soon. It's going to be a while. But whether you go back to the moon or not, you know, you don't need to go back to the moon with new technologies to find, you know, evidence of life or whatever. Scientists are reporting now, according to uh, numerous mainline mainstream reports, uh, the Economic Times, for example, and others, the moon's top layer alone has enough oxygen to sustain 8 billion people for 100,000 years, according to this report. That's a lot of oxygen. That is absolutely different and contrary to everything I've ever been told about the moon. However, it is parallel to the things that I've told you here on The Secret Teachings for years. If you look at the colored photographs of the moon, and you see that it has a brown-gray color to it. All the other planets are colored. A lot of that's CG, though. You can see little green areas at some parts, on some parts of the moon, and craters. And, you know, this might mean that there's, there's some kind of environment. And plus, you know, NASA technical reports have shown that there's basically flashes of lights, like lightning and clouds and things on the moon that aren't you know, if they are natural, they certainly show that the moon has an atmosphere. And, you know, I think this is parallel with the subject of UFOs because it shows that space, that life beyond Earth, it's a lot more complicated, but a lot more simplistic than one would think. And we're going to get into all of this tonight on The Secret Teachings. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Subscribe to the show on the website. Check us out on Patreon. That's Patreon, the new subscription bundle. Check out our affiliate sponsor, Pro and Water Filters, on the website. And email us at rdgable at yahoo.com if you have any questions. And thank you all again for supporting us for the Escape from New York fundraiser. It is still active. We're looking to make another $800. We've made $200. Your support really helps us to move the studio and continue to expand the show. Thank you very much. Stay with us. There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. The music, White Bat Audio. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is The Secret Teachings Radio on The Fringe FM. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hear more while supporting the show, visit the website, thesecretteachings.info, and subscribe to our show archive. As a yearly subscriber, you can download and stream every show after it airs and get access to the digital versions of each one of Ryan's books. The show offers weekly and monthly subscriptions, or for $50 a year, get access to the archive, montages, and digital books at a discounted price. Just visit thesecretteachings.info and click on the donate button at the top of the page. 
your subscription supports the secret teachings of Fringe FM and My name is Alex Exum, and you're listening to The Fringe FM. Hey there, it's Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio. After years and years of research, I compiled most of the important components of what I learned into three books, Food Philosophy, The Technological Elixir, and Occult Arcana. And by happenstance, those books turned into a trilogy that can be, but doesn't need to be, read in order. Food Philosophy explores the nature of what it means to be healthy, while examining the ways in which the public is deceived about their food and water. It also explores disease theories and why astronomical events like comets may be more responsible for illnesses than pathogens. It concludes with a look at geoengineering. The technological elixir picks up where the food book leaves off. It explores technology with its benefits and dangers, looking at smart tech, the Internet of Things, advanced robotics and quantum computers. The text takes us to the mark of the beast, magic, and the music industry, focusing heavily on material death cults and pacts with the devil, and of course black goo. It concludes with an analysis of UFO cults and an otherworldly or dimensional presence influencing mankind through technology. Occult Arcana is truly standalone as an encyclopedia of occult knowledge, covering theology, science, and mythology, symbolism, ritualism, and magic, voodoo, witchcraft, talismans, nursery rhymes, alchemy, and more. Occult Arcana ties it all together. All three books are available in digital form, and they are autographed, if you'd like, in paperback. Just visit thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews and buy yourself a copy or two today. Whether for yourself, family, or friends, they make a wonderful gift for the holidays, something that we explore in detail in the Occult Arcana book. Again, I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio. Food Philosophy, The Technological Elixir, and Occult Arcana are my books. I hope you get a copy and support the show today. Don't you love how NASA and all the big space agencies and all the big space people, don't you love how they mock and criticize and ridicule not only the subject of UFOs or UAPs or even USOs for that matter, but they mock, they laugh at, they make fun of, they scoff at, they write off, they dismiss, they joke away. Mythology. And they do the same to the esoteric and to the occult. And despite that, they name all their programs and all their mechanical equipment and all their rockets after mythological beings. The Artemis mission that's been pushed back, which would put a man on the moon for the first time in decades, of course, is named after the goddess of wild animals, the hunt and vegetation, the goddess of chastity and childbirth. Artemis, a hunter, the daughter of Zeus and Leto, and the twin sister of Apollo. Artemis is the Greek counterpart of Aurora, the Roman female goddess of the dawn. Aurora's other counterpart in Greece is Eos, the female personification of the dawn. 
Eos was the sister of Helios, god of the sun, parallel to Apollo. Aurora in Roman mythology is the sister of Sol, the sun, and the sister of Luna, the moon, her brother and sister Sol and Luna. Of course, you have Project Mercury. Mercury was a messenger of the gods. The infamous Apollo program, infamous to some, just famous to others. The Aries 5, the Saturn family of rockets, probably the most famous, the Saturn 5. One of the most impressive rockets, one of the most impressive engineering feats probably in human history, even if there are anti-gravitational uh, uh, technologies, the Saturn V is a powerful and incredible piece of machinery. Think about what NASA did when they were at the moon. The, the, the ritual, the alignment with Orion, the, the Masonic flag, the, the communion in the capsule. You know, they can laugh, they can mock, they can criticize, they can ridicule, they can scoff at, they can joke. But NASA has a long, long, long history of interest in the occult. In fact, its founders, the fathers of NASA, the father of modern rocketry, Werner von Braun and Jack Parsons, respectively, especially particularly Jack Parsons, was heavily invested in the occult. Jack Parsons even attempted to summon what amounts to the Scarlet Woman of Aleister Crowley. He was connected with the Crowley group. This foundation of NASA, for a lot of you, is not new information. But if you just think about it, it's kind of like how the U.S. military uses Native American terminology for their military craft. Chinook, Tomahawk, Missile, you know, Blackhawk, Apache, Ares, Saturn, Artemis, Apollo. They're using those names because they have a powerful energetic substance to them. They're using those names because they hope, like in all forms of traditional, practical, applicable magic, by using the name, you hope to impart, you hope to draw the power, the energy of that essence, of that being, of that God, of that goddess into your program. Whether it's Saturn, Aries, Apollo, Mercury, or it's Artemis. You could look at the reason they chose Artemis and see a bunch of different angles. Artemis is the goddess of the hunt, hunting for New things, new experiences, new information, new scientific advances and knowledge. But despite the fact that so many people, politically speaking, love NASA, they love science, they just can't seem to finance scientific exploration. You know, the Obama administration didn't want to finance the shuttle program. We had to rely on Russia. And then the Biden administration is pretty much putting the Artemis mission on hold. There's a lot of other factors that go into it. It's not strictly political, but it's, it's pretty political. It's also military, NASA's military. And the history of 
military experiments with the occult isn't confined to, quote-unquote, Nazi Germany. You know, militaries around the world, intelligence agencies around the world, have experimented with any and all things that might give them an edge in combat, whether physical combat or psychological combat. That's why they choose these names. That's why they choose to do these launches on certain days at certain times. That's why they perform rituals officially in the way that the public would see a ritual if they knew, or unofficially in a way that the public doesn't recognize, but it's still a ritual. And all that energy, all that attention directed toward that, plus the power of the rocket, the power of the shuttle, the power of of, of, the, of the human will to go above and beyond, literally. It, it's magical. It's powerful. And, and now that the Artemis mission is, is kind of suspended, you know, I, I find it interesting that there is now scientific acknowledgement, uh, and this is according to recent publications. Recent publications, one of them was updated yesterday. The Economic Times, I tried to find the most mainstream of mainstream articles I could find, like the most, you know, Wall Street type, New York Times, Wall Street Journal uh, type uh, article, because I want this to come from a mainstream source. And and, and the mainstream source, you know, doesn't mean that it's true or doesn't mean that it's untrue. It it just means that like this isn't a before it's news or, you know, whatever it's called. Is it before it's news? Before it's news article. This is, this is, you know, official. This is official, the same science that mocks questions into UFOs and UAPs, the same science that puts science on hold, the same science that tells us there's no such thing as magic. You know, the same science is now acknowledging that the moon has the ability to sustain environmentally billions of people for hundreds of thousands of years. The Economic Times article says, alongside advances in space exploration, we've recently seen much time and money invested into technologies that could allow effective space resource utilization. In October, the Australian Space Agency and NASA signed a deal to send an Australian-made rover to the moon under the Artemis program, with a goal to collect lunar rocks that could ultimately provide breathable oxygen on the moon. Although the moon does have an atmosphere... It's very thin and composed mostly of hydrogen, neon, and argon. It's not the sort of gaseous mixture that could sustain oxygen-dependent mammals such as humans. That said, there's actually plenty of oxygen on the moon. It just isn't in a gaseous form. Instead, it's trapped inside regolith, the layer of rock and fine dust that covers the moon's surface. If we could extract oxygen from regolith, would it be enough to support human life on the moon? This is what scientists are now contemplating. And we would have found out sooner had the Artemis mission not be suspended. But then again, I also wonder, I think people probably already know this. You know, did it take that long to speculate if oxygen could be pulled out of the substance that covers the surface of the moon, if oxygen could essentially be mined? I don't think it took decades to figure that out. And I think that the idea that the moon landing was a hoax is in this regard just another fanciful story to divert our critical thinking brains. Because I think 
as people got more and more interested in things beyond this world and space, and there had to be a way to shut that down. So intelligence agencies promoted and perhaps even financed flat earth and that the moon and the sun are just these big LED lights or light bulbs or whatever they are. I hope they're not CFLs because those are poisonous. The mercury emissions and the uh, dirty electricity from what I've read. But, you know, it's also stuff like the moon landing, which is, you know, an older so-called conspiracy. I don't necessarily think that humans didn't go to the moon. People ask me that question. Oh, you do a conspiracy show. I bet you believe humans didn't go to the moon. Man never landed on the moon. And it's like, first of all, it's not a conspiracy show. I don't even know what that means. Second of all, I do think people went to the moon. I just don't necessarily believe what we saw was the evidence. And I think that a lot of the images were airbrushed. People have won awards for that. I think a lot of them were cropped and edited. I think a lot of them were, you know, smudged. I mean, a lot of photos were taken, and not all of them reached the public. So I think a lot of it could have been concealed just under the black and white nature of the images. That's what I think of the moon. Yeah, it's a different take. It's a different perspective. People in all communities don't necessarily like that. It takes a real open mind to acknowledge, oh, maybe the conspiracy of man not going to the moon is in itself a conspiracy, not about whether man went to the moon or not, but about what man found on the moon. That's the type of thinking that I like to bring to this show and bring to you five nights a week here on The Fringe and an hour on Aftermath.fm Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. Pacific. I bring that to you because these are the things that I think about. These are the things that I feel are necessary to present I have the option and the ability to do it on this show to a large audience around the world of people who like you you might have thought that before you might have thought that organically without me saying it I'm not a genius I didn't you know come up with you know some of the things that I talk about other people did other theorists other authors other researchers I give credit where credit is due I think two of the best you know, UFO researchers are people like Jim Mars, the late Jim Mars, and Timothy Good. There's a bunch of other amazing UFO researchers. I just I liked those two guys. And I if I branched out a little bit more, you know, in, in terms of intense research and reading of the of those people's works, then I I might find that I like a lot of others, but I question all of them. I I, I don't want someone to tell me what to think. I want to not only think for myself, but I want to think of new things for myself, not just some standard regurgitation of, I don't believe man went to the moon. So then people say, well, that I agree with that. I'm going to support this show. I don't, I don't want that. I want you to think differently. I think the conspiracy of going to the moon or not going to the moon, the big question, is a conspiracy. I think it's a psychological form of trauma and torture and mind control that prevents you from reasonably, logically, and rationally asking the question, could we have gone to the moon, but could we just not have seen the pictures or seen the real pictures of what was found there? Plus, there's videos of Apollo missions where there's just water jets shooting out of the moon. There's a lot more going on up there than we think. And I don't think it took this long for scientists to acknowledge there's probably oxygen on the moon. And even in this Economic Times article that I have up in front of me, 
they even acknowledge, you know, the moon does have an atmosphere. I mean, I was always told in school the moon has no atmosphere. That's what I was told. I was told the moon has no atmosphere. I remember looking at pictures of the moon that were computer generated in school and all those pictures would show me the same thing. They'd show me the diagram of the moon and they'd show me the moon cut in like a quarter of it cut out and they'd show me the core and they'd show me, you know, that that the moon has no atmosphere and and they show you a little tiny dot where that's that's where man first stepped on the moon. And I got a little bit older and I started reading things and I thought, you know, I, I, I remember looking at that book in like fifth grade vividly. I don't know why it sticks in my head. I remember it vividly. And then I remember reading Alien Agenda by Jim Mars. And I remember going through NASA records and press statements and other books and finding that NASA had found that the moon is partially hollow. Officially. How are we publishing books? long after those acknowledgments that suggest that demand you believe something completely opposite to what has scientifically been discovered. So then the next generation just believes that. And if I go out in public and I tell someone the moon is partially hollow, I get laughed at. I said that before I uh, left my job to move my part-time job, uh, you know, at the grocery store, I had said that to some people in the back unpacking a pallet one day and, you know, people knew the types of things I was interested in. And, and it was just kind of a laugh, like, are you serious? And they, they were, they were interested, but they were like, are you serious? Well, you sound like you're making this stuff up. I'm like, no, I know it does. It sounds like I'm making it up, but this is what NASA said. And then they go in and they scrub everything. So you can't really find the hard evidence for it, but it's still there. If you dig enough, if you know what to look for, that is, because Google scrubs their search engines for these kinds of things, why would they not want you to know that? I mean, it's not like NASA discovered an alien base on the moon. Maybe they did. They just discovered that it was partially hollow. Why would that matter? Well, because any practical mind, any reasonable person would recognize that a natural body, like Carl Sagan said, cannot be hollow unless it were artificially hollowed out. That would imply something much greater than the implications of an atmosphere on the moon or some rusting of, you know, material or, or rocks that were magnetized. All, all of these things, of course, were part of the Apollo missions. And now NASA has a deal with the Australian Space Agency to send an Australian rover to the moon under the Artemis program to collect rocks from the lunar surface to see if there can be breathable oxygen extracted from those, those resources going to say sources but their resources in order to provide you know astronauts with with breathable oxygen and it's estimated that the moon's top layer alone holds a hundred thousand years of life for eight billion people that's a lot of people that's a lot of life the moon's regolith, that dusty surface, is made up of approximately 45% oxygen. So this tells me a couple of things. It tells me that scientific exploration is, of course, not the main interest of those who have the power to politically and economically finance it. It also tells me that if these things are really that important, that there's certainly some investigation going on outside of official channels. 
And this has been the case for literally, you know, hundred, a hundred years, you know, like in terms of investigation, hundreds of years in terms of investigation, you know, in terms of space exploration, well, about 50 something years. So, you know, I, I just, I feel that there's something, there's something of substance here that, that should be examined. Not only has there now been an acknowledgement that the moon not only has a, 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 a surface, you know, atmosphere, it's just not very thick. Uh, they're, they're now saying that the moon has all this oxygen. It can just be extracted and mined. And also we're seeing, according to Physics World, Planetary Science, IOP Publishing, the Daily Mail, and a bunch of others that reported this, planets, it's believed, this was back in 2019, could be formed by interstellar objects like Oumuamua. Interstellar objects like the recently discovered Oumuamua could act as the seeds from which planets grow and, uh, around you know, young stars. Uh, this is you know, the conclusion of a couple of researchers in Germany. Uh, theories of planet formation describe how dust and disks around nascent stars uh, you know, forms into larger clumps, eventually merging into protoplanets. These models suggest that this process will take million, you know, millions and millions of years. Uh, and, and they don't really provide clear reasons why collisions between clumps do not bring the process to a halt well before these protoplanets are formed. So the answer to this question is that, you know, uh, that there are barriers to, to planet growth um, that could be bypassed if planet-forming disks were seeded by Oumuamua-sized objects. The idea is based on the presence of Oumuamua in the solar system and the constraints placed upon the number of similar objects by limited sky surveys. Scientists estimate that there could be as many as 10 to the 15th power, a thousand trillion Oumuamua-sized objects in every cubic parsec of space. Since the molecular clouds from which stars and planets form are many light years across, they should therefore be teeming with a Moamoa-like object. This is another, another theory of how planets form. But we're getting, we're getting theories of how planets form, new theories of how the moon formed. We're getting new information about the moon, and all of this without even going back to the moon. Artemis isn't going to the moon for probably another four to five years. We're getting all this information without even going to the moon, with probes and with analysis of uh, previously collected information and data. And then you have, you know, billionaires like Jeff Bezos who make comments like humans will probably be born in space at some point and that they'll visit Earth the way you visit Yellowstone. And that there probably won't be, you know, others have suggested there probably won't be a lot of humans left on planet Earth in a few hundred years. You know, Jeff Bezos and all the people in media, they, they make statements, it's publicity, and that's, that's really all that it is. But I, I also think that it's more than just publicity. The idea is more than publicity. Jeff Bezos predicts humans born in space will visit Earth the way you visit Yellowstone. He said the Earth can support 10 billion people, the solar system can support a trillion people, and we can continue to grow our civilization and grow our energy intensity. I don't know where he's getting the number for 10 billion, but you can support a lot more than 10 billion people on this planet. Have you seen Yellowstone? It took me a day to drive through Yellowstone. That's one national park. 
There's nobody living out at Yellowstone in a big suburban sprawling area. There's plenty of space on planet Earth. There are plenty of resources on planet Earth. Here's another thing that makes this show a little bit of a hybrid. I don't buy overpopulation. I believe that the planet in some places is overcrowded. I don't believe that humans are a threat to the planet. I believe that some humans are a threat to the planet. The ones that want to genetically engineer, that want to geoengineer, and want to replace organic life with synthetic life. In the same way, I think that abortion should be legal, but I'm not a liberal. However, I think that it should be highly regulated. And I think morals and ideas should be practically and applicably introduced into society so that we don't end up with as many pregnancies in need of abortion. In the same way, I think having guns made more accessible to people would make the world a little bit safer within the context that there should be certain regulations and criminals who do criminal things, who do illegal things, should be brought to justice. Crime should be punished. And that statistics don't tell the whole story when the average person thinks that their chances of being robbed or mugged, etc., are higher than they really are across the country, across the board. In reality, they're very, very low. However, the media can make it seem much worse than it really is, focusing on something like guns to make it seem as if not only are guns the problem, but if we took away guns, all other crime would disappear. This is, of course, false. Most gun activity is gang-related. Most of it is, you know, gang-related, drug-related, suicide-related. More people die from knives and people being beat to death by other people's fists than they do of guns that are just a law-abiding citizen deciding to shoot somebody and kill them because they're, they turn into a murderer. You know, it, that's the thing, is that the context always matters. The context of space matters. The context of UFOs and UAPs matter. The context of why NASA uses Artemis and Saturn and Ares and Mercury for their programs, or why they use, you know, the Tomahawk or the Chinook or the Apache or the Blackhawk for uh, the military purposes. The military's interest, anything that can give them an edge, anything that's magical, esoteric, a cult, they won't tell you that. They have active programs throughout history that, that they've come together and determined policies to disinform and misinform the public. I told you last week about the Durant report or the Robertson panel report, a CIA panel citing concerns over the misidentification of actual enemy aircrafts the overloading of emergency reporting, and the subjectivity of the public to mass hysteria for why they couldn't release information on the subject of UFOs. And despite the fact there's ample evidence of hostility or at least self-defense on behalf of UFOs and UAPs, the report said, quote, the debunking aim would result in reduction in public interest in flying saucers. This education could be accomplished by mass media such as television, motion pictures, and popular articles. Basis of such education would be actual case histories, which have been puzzling at first, but later explained. This was in the 1950s, 1952, 1953, around the same time that Blue Book began. And Captain Edward Rupelt, who essentially ran Blue Book, was one of the people at this meeting, along with Dr. J. Allen Hynek. The group also concluded that UFO groups be monitored, quote, because of their potentiality they're potentially great influence. You know, they have a potentiality to, to influence mass thinking. If, quote, widespread sightings should occur, 
The apparent irresponsibility and the possible use of such groups for subversive purposes should be kept in mind. This was an official report back in the early 1950s. This was around the beginning of all those nuclear facilities, atomic energy installations, and military bases that were incurred upon, intruded upon by unidentified flying objects, shutting down nuclear missiles, taking concrete lids off of missile silos. From the United States, Maelstrom, Minot Air Force Base, to places, you know, uh, on the East Coast, to the United Kingdom, all over the world, the Soviet Union, the military has an interest in these things. They know that there's something going on, but they have active policies to this day of denying them and misinforming the public in the same way that they might not have an official policy, but they, from the scientific standpoint, mock and laugh at mythology and magic and science you know, from an occult point of view, but then they engage in occult science. Jack Parsons, Werner von Braun, all the others, and all the program names. Look at the new moon mission, Artemis. Aurora and Eos. Look at uh, Mercury, Apollo, Aries, Saturn, the Saturn V. Why? Because they know it has power. Because they know that it's magical. Because they know that it gives them an edge. Why do billionaires think that we're going to be going to other planets? Why does Jeff Bezos think we're going to visit Earth the way we visit Yellowstone? You won't be. He might be. Because they're telling us the planet is overpopulated. They're telling us there's not enough resources. There's actually overcrowding. There's not overpopulation. Bezos says the planet can only take 10 billion people. It can take a lot more than that. And they tell you there's not enough resources. There's plenty of resources. There's a resource restriction. You're seeing that now in supply line breakdowns. They're telling you this is a good thing. It's good to have bread lines. It's good not to have access to material. It's good not to have these things. Because the climate is destroying, you know, our civilization because we've destroyed the planet. We've destroyed the climate. Meanwhile, outside of the Glasgow Climate Summit last week, trash piled up in big piles. All the environmentalists just dumped their trash. Quite classic. It looks like Greta Thunberg's car. That's what Glasgow looks like. It looks like the back of Greta Thunberg's car. And meanwhile, in the midst of all of that... Nobody's talking about NASA. NASA, November 9th, 2021, they showed that methane and carbon dioxide, contrary to popular belief, actually increased in the atmosphere due to lockdowns. So much for lockdowns saving the planet. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere right here on The Fringe FM. www.thesecretteachings.info is our website. Grab a copy of one of my books, read reviews there. We have physical and digital copies. You get a free copy when you subscribe to the archive on the website. You can do it through reoccurring payments through PayPal, or you can do it with a one-time donation through PayPal. See the different weekly, monthly, and yearly tiers on the website. The yearly, again, gets that free copy of one of those books, free shipping in the U.S., or the archive bundle on Patreon. You get all of that and behind-the-scenes content, montage archive, etc., There's also a $5 behind-the-scenes option on Patreon now as well because that's been asked for from a lot of listeners. Our Escape from New York fundraiser is still going on. We made $200 of $1,000. I want to thank you all so much for supporting us. We're looking for a little more support to move the studio to get out of New York. 
Your support does keep us on air five nights a week and one morning, Saturday mornings. There's a lot more after this. Don't go anywhere. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence, but... I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on The Fringe FM and join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm a last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's thesecretteachings.info and The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info That's where you can read reviews, see pictures and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. People ask me every day what they can do to take control of their life in the face of an onslaught of misleading information and outright lies. I always tell them to take control of what they put in their body, including clean water. I personally used a Pro One water filter long before the company became Pro One. And after a few years, I decided to get an affiliate program set up for the show. Here's how it works. Visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Pro One water filter link on the slider bar at the top of the page. Whatever you purchase on their website, we get a small percentage. It's an honest and beneficial way to support the secret teachings and yourself. They've got water filters for the kitchen, dorm room, and even shower heads so things like chlorine don't become vaporized in the hot shower and inhaled. They make a great gift for yourself, your family, or your friends, and especially a great gift around the holy days. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the banner, support Pro One, and support the secret teachings five nights a week on The Fringe FM. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> like you're all working for the same guy. Want more of The Fringe? Check out thefringe.fm for more information on your favorite shows. Also, don't forget to check out The Fringe mobile app or the other ways you can tune in through the Paranormal Radio app and talk stream live. Where the normal and paranormal collide, it's the Fringe FM. Are you intrigued by Paranormal Talk Radio? You'll love the new Paranormal Radio app from Talk Stream Live. You'll find a great selection of talk shows covering UFOs, ghosts, strange phenomena, and much more. Download the Paranormal Radio app now and start listening to the very best in Paranormal Talk entertainment, including the network you're listening to right now. The Paranormal Radio app, free in Google Play and the iOS App Store. This is The Secret Teachings. 
If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. If you want the most unique blend of subjects anywhere on radio, from parapsychology, pop conspiracy, parapolitics, the paranormal, and symbolism, look no further than The Secret Teachings, airing Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Our topics, themes, and perspectives are not bogged down by rhetoric or ideological collective associations. It's just raw thought and consciousness. Check us out by visiting our website at thesecretteachings.info or the network fringe.fm. This is John B. Wells of Caravan to Midnight, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Gentlemen, thank you so much for the great work that you guys are doing. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Passio from WhatOnEarthIsHappening.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. Welcome to the Secret Teachings Radio Broadcast. I'm your host, Ryan Gable. Thank you for joining us this morning, this afternoon, tonight, whenever and wherever you are listening around the world. Hour number two, broadcasting through the Fringe FM, TalkStream Live, the Paranormal Radio app, and the secretteachings.info, the Secret Teachings archive on the website. You can now get access to that archive through Patreon. That will include behind-the-scenes content and some of the other Patreon features. Check out The Secret Teachings on Patreon. Email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. And check us out on social media, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. Scientists are now telling us that the moon has enough oxygen to sustain 8 billion people for 100,000 years. Now, the headline to that article from the Economic Times and from other sources is a little bit misleading because they don't mean that there's a bunch of oxygen readily available on the moon. They mean that there's oxygen that could be extracted from the regolith on the surface of the moon. About 45% of it is oxygen. And in October, the Australian Space Agency and NASA signed a deal to send an Australian-made rover to the moon under the Artemis program with a goal to collect lunar rocks that could ultimately provide breathable oxygen on the moon. Now, the moon has an atmosphere. They'll tell you that in this article. I was told the opposite of that in school. I, you know, I, I always thought the moon had no atmosphere because that's what I was told. Turns out the moon does have an atmosphere. It's just it's really thin. It's mostly argon, hydrogen, things like that. It's not really sustainable to mammals like humans. But there's plenty of oxygen there that could be extracted, that could be mined. Now, for some reason, when I read that, I thought of the climate summit in Glasgow. And I thought of all the billionaires, all the elected slash unelected 
so-called leaders, bureaucrats, the media, the so-called royals. I thought of all the things that they said. I thought of the unelected, non-degree-holding Greta Thunberg. I thought of all those things about the climate, the media's addressing of the conclusion to the Glasgow summit as being not tough enough. There needs to be action. I guess people just want governments to send the military in and kill everybody who won't participate in the Green Great Reset. I guess that's what the media is looking for. They, they want authoritarian, totalitarian, militarized control. Maybe I'm wrong, but that seems to be what the media wants. That seems to be what some people want. Maybe it'll go into that terrifying reality in a couple of years. Maybe it'll never get there. But we did hear talks about that, that we'll need, you know, basically military forces. We'll need military forces to to save the environment. We'll need military forces to go around to countries that don't really want to participate or they might not be able to fully participate. And they'll be able to help those countries. And we need trillions of dollars to help the poor countries that just can't deal with it themselves. They just can't deal with these kinds of things. They don't have enough money or resources, so the richer countries need to pay for it. So you need to pay. So some small country you've never heard of and never been to and never will be, you know, a visitor in. So that they can participate in the green movement, the Green New Deal, and all that. I mean, you can clearly see this is a concerted global effort. You know, look at Prince Charles. He said, we need a, quote, vast military-style campaign to marshal the private sector to fight climate change. I mean, it's, it's kind of eerie and terrifying. And I mean, are these the types of leaders, you know, like Jeff Bezos saying this last week, that... 10 billion people can fit on the planet. That's the number. I don't know where he gets that number at. And because of that, humans are going to have to go into space and we're going to eventually visit the Earth like we do Yellowstone. That's how it's going to be. I mean, Jeff Bezos makes that statement. Other billionaires make those statements. I mean, these people are unelected. They just have money. And even if they are so-called elected representatives, that doesn't mean that their, their solutions are the, the responsible, practical things that should be applied to a so-called crisis, even if it is a crisis. See, what I don't understand is why people that are environmentalists tend to be the least likely to take care of their environment. They seem to be, and this is statistical, this is from major university studies, the least likely to take public transportation, the least likely to recycle, and the least likely to buy products that are considered green, even if that's a scam. That is statistically, and based on university studies across the board, and based on circumstantial evidence that's quite clear in media, the people that own the boats and the houses, the people that emit more carbon dioxide in a week than you'll emit in a year, are the ones that tell you how to live your life and tell you what you can buy and what you can't buy and what you can eat and what you can't eat and where you can travel and where you can't travel. And it just so happens to be that the so-called pandemic has allowed for the solution to that problem. How do we get people to do this? 
with lockdowns and quarantines and terrifying people of their neighbors and friends and family and turning people against each other who have been friends for 10, 15, 20 years, turning couples against each other. And, you know, it's quite convenient that early on in 2020, we heard reports that carbon dioxide, long before the Glasgow summit, carbon dioxide had been reduced because of lockdowns, right? Did you hear that? I remember hearing that. We heard that a lot. That was in the news a lot. Some suggested we need to have lockdowns annually, maybe even quarterly, to reduce carbon dioxide. That's what we've heard. That's what we're told. You hear that in the news all the time. That kind of thing. Climate, 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 climate. But when all those so-called protesters or the proponents of climate action, whatever they were, I don't think they're necessarily paid. I think it's a much more complex subject than it's real or it's not real. I don't even know what those arguments mean. But all I saw was a giant pile of trash in Glasgow. That's all I saw. In fact, I didn't see it. Mainstream media saw it. The New York Times reported that. Outside climate summit, trash in Glasgow piles up high. As diplomats at the UN climate summit in Glasgow preach about the need to curb both greenhouse gas emissions and mass consumption to protect the planet, the reality of today's throwaway society can be seen just a short away. Maybe that's a typo, a short away. Or is that a Britishism? A short away from the conference's doorsteps. It's not about a throwaway culture. It's about irresponsibility is what it's about. Okay, it's about hypocrisy. That's what it's about. It's about people that don't really care about the environment. They just want the picture they can put on Instagram. They just want the picture they can put on Facebook with a caption so they can get likes and shares and stars and hearts and thumbs up. So they can feel as if they're a better person for not actually doing anything. Look, I held up a sign. I care. What about me? What about me? I, 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 I use a, an old car. I've only owned two cars in my life. I walk when I can. I bike when I can. I live as simply as I can. I, I don't do things that are unnecessary in terms of environmental pollution. You know, I don't just dump CFL green bulbs in the trash because of the mercury. I don't even buy them. They're not environmentally friendly. You know, I, I just I do the things that environmentalists are supposed to do. I just don't consider myself an environmentalist. I consider myself a a a a, a, a free thinking human being. I'm practical, real. Call me whatever you want to call me, but the people I know who are so hell bent on green initiatives, I got yelled at by somebody in Rochester who was yelling at me about plastic. Because I said paper is not as good for the environment as plastic is, statistically, in terms of energy, you know, cost for production and resources and transportation. Paper's heavier. It costs more to produce. It doesn't mean we should throw plastic everywhere, but I was trying to have a, an honest conversation. This girl says, so I guess you like microplastics in the ocean. I'm still trying to figure out what that means. Here's a girl who had a plastic cup from fast food, virtually every single morning I saw her. Plastic cup. Plastic cup. 
you know, and maybe it makes me a hypocrite. I'll tell you, I used a lot of re- of, of, of semi-reusable but throwaway paper cups when I was having tea in the morning. The difference is, I was having a logical, philosophical discussion. I wasn't trying to jam a political narrative down somebody's throat. I can admit if I'm being hypocritical. I prefer to have reusable cups. Personally. Sometimes I make a mistake and don't remember it, but this person had the plastic. All about They hate plastic, but they're using the plastic. And, and you're drinking Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts? Who's, what, are you, what are you doing? You know, that kind of person is just like Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg's car, as someone documented at, at a conference she was at, was literally full of plastic trash in the back, like almost as if it was a staged, you know, thing. Just piles of trash in the back of her car. This, this little girl's like an animal, just, just trash everywhere. You've seen her eating on that train? Look at the trash in the plastic. Who eats like that? Well, a very young girl who hasn't developed the emotional, the mental, the, even the physical capacity to deal with reality. She's been mentally stunted, probably because she's been sexually or otherwise abused, and she's used as a puppet or a pawn in a scam and a scheme that she probably doesn't understand. So they cover her head in black goo, black oil, reminiscent, as everything else we see in the entertainment industry, as being a possessive force, a viral, contagious, alien-like pathogenic thing supposedly at the root core of why we have climate problems when the oil companies are the biggest sponsors of the climate summits including the french one remember the one in france yeah the big oil companies sponsored that and it wasn't just because they wanted to look good it was because they wanted the legislation or whatever it was that they were trying to accomplish there in Perry. It's a scam. So no wonder there's piles and piles and piles of trash in Glasgow. Maybe you're thinking, how did the show shift from the moon and NASA mythology, Artemis, Ares, Saturn, Mercury, why NASA uses those names, the father of rocketry, uh, Jack Parsons and magic and Why did it shift from that and UFOs into trash at Glasgow? Well, because there's a connection to all of it. That's why. They won't tell you this much in the news. You'll just have to go to NASA's website to read it. And if you'd like to go to NASA's website, I can tell you where to find it. Or you can email me. Or you can simply look up the the, uh, the headline for yourself. But here it is. This is from NASA.gov. This is NASA's official website. And here is the headline. I'm stalling so you get a pen and a piece of paper. Get a pencil, something. Here's the headline. Emission reductions from pandemic had unexpected effects on the atmosphere. Now, All the things that people couldn't get done, travel restrictions, making people scared of their neighbors, lockdowns and quarantines under normal circumstances could be done under abnormal circumstances in a society dominated by fear and terror of getting sick and getting other people sick. So the pandemic really didn't provide 
a new existential threat, according to Klaus Schwab. It just allowed for us, as he wrote in the Great Reset book, which I've got a copy of right here, to reshape society for the Great Reset, the Great Build Back Better, right? I'm sure it's all unconnected. But what we heard was that the lockdowns are going to be things that we need all the time, right? We need them all the time to curb carbon emissions. Well, NASA is telling us something a little bit different. And the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, a paper was published. It grew from a workshop sponsored by Caltech's W.M. Keck Institute for Space Studies, led by scientists at the institution and at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Southern California, which is managed by Caltech. And here's what the study showed. This is directly from NASA's website. And I pulled the article, so I have a copy of it. The most surprising result of the study, the authors noted, is that while carbon dioxide emissions fell by 5.4% in 2020, the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere continued to grow at about the same rate as in preceding years. That's what it said. But it's a lot more than just that line. Carbon emissions did indeed fall, but CO2 in the atmosphere continued to grow. Using data from NASA's Orbiting Carbon Observatory 2 satellite launched in 2014 and the NASA Godard Earth Observing System atmospheric model, the researchers identified several reasons for this result. First, while the 5.4% drop in emissions was significant, the growth in atmospheric concentrations was within the normal range of year-to-year variation caused by natural processes. Natural processes. Natural processes. The 5.4% drop in emissions was a significant thing, but the growth in concentration, don't worry that there was a growth, it was within the normal year-to-year variation. So you're telling me, NASA and the journal entry from the proceeding of the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, that this drop was good, but it didn't affect the overall carbon concentration in the atmosphere, and that that concentration in the atmosphere, even when carbon emissions are high, is a natural process. You know, I, I know that if you tuned into this show, if I tuned into this show, I'd think this is just stunning information. There's no way that this guy is not making this up. But then I would go find it and I'd think, why is this guy not everywhere? Why is this information not everywhere? Because even the alternative media, even the alternative paranormal world doesn't want to hear things that make them think. They don't want to hear things that are beyond the unofficial status quo, the alternative status quo which is alter, uh, you know, a strange altered mix of politics, conservative politics mixed in with conspiracies, and then liberal politics mixed in with save the planet, the aliens are going to protect us with the crystals, and it's a weird mixture of political things and paranormal things, and I, I don't even know what to call it. But the researchers found that not only did the drop in emissions have very little to no effect on the atmospheric concentrations, which did, in fact, remain the same and, in fact, increased a little bit 
part of a, quote, natural process, but they said the ocean didn't absorb as much CO2 from the atmosphere as it has in previous years. Interesting, because they don't know why that is. They just assumed that the unexpectedly rapid response to the reduced pressure of CO2 in the air at the ocean's surface was likely the reasoning. So the oceans didn't absorb as much because there wasn't as much CO2 pressure on the ocean's surface. But there's more. Nitrogen oxides, NOx. In the presence of sunlight, they react with other atmospheric compounds to create ozone, which is, of course, very dangerous. It's dangerous to humans, it's dangerous to animals, it's dangerous to plant life. However, COVID-related drops in NOx led to a global reduction in ozone. So that's a good thing. But you messed with the primal forces of nature, Mr. Beale, and you will atone by reducing NOx emissions. As beneficial as they were to cleaning up air pollution, the pandemic also limited the atmosphere's ability to cleanse itself of another important greenhouse gas methane. As with CO2, the drop in emissions didn't decrease the concentration of methane in the atmosphere. Instead, methane actually grew by 0.3% in the past year, a faster rate than at any other time in the last decade. With less NOx, there was less hydroxyl radical to scrub methane away, so it stayed in the atmosphere longer. Do you hear this? Officially from NASA's website, The Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, published November 9th. Less carbon in the atmosphere, but the concentration stayed the same, maybe even increased a little bit, but it was a natural process. And with nitrogen oxides reduced, the ozone pollution reduced, it limited methane removal, which actually led to an increase in methane in the atmosphere. How does that make any sense? Well, when you realize it's all a big scam, it's quite clear. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Just keep tampering with nature. Geoengineering, genetic engineering, that's where the real root source of those problems are. Not to mention the chemicals and the pollution that doesn't get talked about that isn't carbon dioxide. Put all the blame, all the threat on you. I'm Ryan Gable again. This is The Secret Teachings. RDGable at Yahoo.com, Facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings. Please subscribe to the archive. Donate to our Escape from New York fundraiser. RDGable at Yahoo.com is that PayPal email. The link is on the website. And check out our archive bundle on Patreon. Stay with us. There's more after this. I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings, bringing you health, history, symbolism, and of course, black goo, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Release the curtain! Do you like The Secret Teachings and Ryan's passionately balanced approach to subjects from food and health to the entertainment industry and the occult? Then check out Ryan's books, available in PDF and softcover with free shipping in the United States. 
For a practical, balanced, and unique look at the food industry, vaccinations, the theories of disease, and geoengineering, grab a copy of Food Philosophy. For a deeper look into artificial intelligence, UFO cults, black goo, and packs made with the devil in the music and entertainment industry, have a look at the technological elixir. Or look for Ryan's masterpiece, Occult Arcana, an encyclopedia of occult knowledge spanning from mythology and science to symbols and sigils, from ritual magic to voodoo, and from comparative religion and psychic abilities to paranormal activity. All three books can be purchased on the website at thesecretteachings.info, where you can read reviews from other authors and radio hosts around the world. Just visit thesecretteachings.info. The truth is out there, and so are we. KTLK, digital broadcasting, The Fringe FM. People ask me every day what they can do to take control of their life in the face of an onslaught of misleading information and outright lies. I always tell them to take control of what they put in their body, including clean water. I personally used a Pro One water filter long before the company became Pro One. And after a few years, I decided to get an affiliate program set up for the show. Here's how it works. Visit our website at www.thesecretteachings.info and click on the Pro One water filter link on the slider bar at the top of the page. Whatever you purchase on their website, we get a small percentage. It's an honest and beneficial way to support the secret teachings and yourself. They've got water filters for the kitchen, dorm room, and even shower heads so things like chlorine don't become vaporized in the hot shower and inhaled. They make a great gift for yourself, your family, or your friends, and especially a great gift around the holy days. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the banner, support Pro One, and support the secret teachings five nights a week on The Fringe FM. Listen to The Rogie Report every Wednesday live at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern here on The Fringe FM, KTLK Digital Broadcasting. For a lot longer than most podcasts have been around, The Secret Teachings has been at the forefront of unique investigation into both the mundane and the extraordinary. Critical thought and controlled speculation allowed us to determine that the much-anticipated UAP report would be vague, unexplained, and would simply imply the need for defense against national security threats. We determined that sonic weapons were the cause of Havana Syndrome a full year before CNN acknowledged the same. We told you about the mind-controlled magic, sex slavery, and intellectual theft in the music industry long before Britney Spears spoke out about her conservatorship, and we've been removed from radio for refusing to censor our show over international child trafficking networks and sex cults long before Epstein didn't kill himself. This has been done with no budget, only your support, and a will to learn and succeed. And you can continue to be a part of The Secret Teachings journey as we broadcast Monday through Friday after lighting the void with Joe Roop, right here on KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. TLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM, brings you exclusively The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. What's up, y'all? It's your boy Topher. You can find my music at tophertown.com. And right now you're listening to The Secret Teachings by Ryan Gable. your host Ryan Gable and you are tuned into the Secret Teachings Radio broadcasting Monday through Friday on the Fringe FM 
Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific time on Aftermath FM. I really want to thank you all for supporting the show, supporting us, and what we do here on The Secret Teachings. It allows me to do what we do every night of the week. It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort to go through and to find the things that I find and put them together in a coherent and what I intend to be balanced show. You know, I have to find a topic, I have to find a promotional image, and then I have to make that promotional image, usually from a compilation of multiple images, and come up with uh, what I try to try to make a clever, you know, show name so that it stands out from other shows and you know, we're not just a, you know, a date. Every show is a different promo picture. Every show is a different, again, I like to think it's a clever name. Every show is a different uh, angle, a different and unique look at a particular subject. And I do like to do things sometimes out of order so that you're not going to get, even if it's a different perspective, the same topic you know, on uh, whatever night of the week it is when a big story happens, I like to give it a day or two to find the details, unless it's something that just kind of speaks to me. And I was thinking of tonight's promo and, um, you know, how the Artemis mission has been pushed back to the moon. And it's been pushed back till 2025 now, maybe. Uh, there's not really an official date for that mission and when you look at Artemis, you know, NASA has a history of naming their programs, naming their, you know, technologies after gods and goddesses and Artemis to Apollo to Saturn to Mercury to Ares to, you know, other versions of these gods and goddesses and other civilizations, other cultures, other traditions mostly Greek and Roman, because these names have power and they are magical. And with how widely known those names are and with people paying attention to space exploration, it powers those sigils, it powers those things that are being worshipped and honored. And magically speaking, it, according to NASA, you would think, according to NASA, is the reason they choose those names because it empowers their missions. It ensures that there will be a safe completion of those missions and they're going to get out of it what they want to get out of it. But they mock and laugh at in the mainstream scientific community, in the military, and in intelligence agencies, things like mythology and gods and goddesses as being anything more than just a fanciful story, but they incorporate it into their very official engineering, science, technology, etc., the military and intelligence agencies around the world also do the same thing. They mock and ridicule and laugh at UFOs and UAPs, even though the Central Intelligence Agency, as early as the 1950s, had put together a strategy to disinform and to misinform the public by focusing on a small percentage of cases that are easily identifiable after it becomes obvious what they are, of course, very similar to Project Blue Book, which was concluded in 1969, the same year that man supposedly went to the moon. And the theory is, well, man went to the moon or he didn't went to the, go to the moon. What exactly happened? 
You know, did man go to the moon or did man not go to the moon? And I say, I think man went to the moon. I just don't believe in the photographs and the videos that we saw. I think some of it is fake. Doesn't mean they faked it and staged it and hoaxed it it's in a sound stage. It just means that they edited the pictures, black and white pictures, airbrushing, etc. That's not a very popular opinion. Neither is the mill lab uh, theory for cattle mutilations. Mill lab is not a very popular theory in the circles of ufology because it suggests that a lot of the UFO activity is really human activity. You know, another theory that isn't really that popular is that just like with the so-called moon landing, was it real, was it not real? I think that it was real. We just didn't see all the evidence of what was there. We did. It was just kind of airbrushed out and, you know, kind of concealed and hidden in plain sight. We've been told parallel to that the moon has no atmosphere. Or, you know, strictly scientifically speaking, it has an atmosphere which is very thin, right? Now scientists are saying that the top layer of the moon's surface has enough oxygen that can be extracted for 8 billion people to live 100,000 years. So obviously, reduce that to the average lifespan. You're talking about tens of billions of people, hundreds of billions of people over centuries. 45% of the regolith on the moon is oxygen. And NASA has teamed up with the Australian Space Agency to take a, uh, some kind of uh, like a, a moon-like rover made in Australia to the moon to collect rocks to see if there's oxygen that can be extracted. This rover is going to go with Artemis. Now, we've been told all these things about the moon, and we're told all these things about NASA and mythology and gods and goddesses, and clearly officialdom has an interest in those things because of the power that it might give them. Telling the public that they're not interested in it while simultaneously demonstrating obvious interest in the subject plays on the conscious and the subconscious mind and is a form of psychological manipulation. Beyond that, the idea that the moon has all this oxygen ready to be taken, you know, it's just like the moon also has water. And the moon isn't so gray as we see in all the pictures. And people like Jeff Bezos, billionaires, just make statements like, humans born in space will, quote, visit Earth the way you visit Yellowstone. He says the Earth can support 10 billion people, the solar system can support a trillion people, and we can continue to grow our civilization and grow our energy. I don't know where he came up with the 10 billion people statement, but the Earth can support a lot more than 10 billion people. 20, 30, 40 billion. See, the thing is, we have a couple of things that have to be addressed when it comes to that question. One, there's a difference between overpopulation and overcrowding. Two, there's a difference between resource scarcity that is natural and resource scarcity that is artificial. There's a real question, a, a real philosophical discussion to be had about material things that we don't really need, a waste of resources. Just like there's a thing that needs to be discussed about pollution. Carbon dioxide is not pollution. Methane is far worse than carbon dioxide, first of all. Second of all, chemical pollution is far worse than carbon dioxide and methane. Physical pollution, trash, far worse, at least visibly. Most of that comes from India and China. You can save all those plastic bags you want. 
You can go take up all those plastic uh, cups, plastic containers, plastic forks and knives in the park and do your part to be a green ranger, a green beret. But it's not going to matter because China doesn't care. Uh, China wasn't even at the Glasgow summit. China's policy, however, was actually represented at the Glasgow summit because when the Glasgow climate summit was over, after Prince Charles, another unelected, more than a billionaire, as far as I'm concerned, alien, you know, not necessarily literally, but in terms of how the rest of the world functions, functions totally alien. He said, we need a vast military style campaign to marshal private sectors to fight climate change. Well, sell some of your land, sell some of your property, give those, I don't know, hundreds of billions and trillions of dollars to those nations rather than forcing taxpayers to pay for it, you scumbag. And that's what he is. Prince Charles is a disgusting, disgusting, filthy, filthy pile of trash. That's one of the piles of trash at Glasgow. The other piles of trash were literal piles of trash. Literal. The New York Times reported that trash just piled up in Glasgow. They spun it to say this is part of our throwaway culture. I'm wondering why they didn't acknowledge that what it really was was hypocrisy and the environment of the so-called environmentalists who love green, but they can't seem to stop messing it up. It's like that King of the Hill episode where Hank and his friends and Bobby went out to the to the park and the park rangers was out there and they go out there and they camp like once or a couple times a year. And then the hippies came and the hippies wanted everything free until the park turned off the service. You know, they wanted it free and then they got all upset because they took advantage of the free resources and the free water and things like that. And when the park turned it off, it was all suddenly the park was fascist and then the hippies left and they just left a bunch of trash behind. You know, which is what you see at a lot of music festivals. Yeah, LSD, alcohol, random sex, hang out with your friends. Not that it can't be fun, right? But what happens when you leave? You leave that place trashed. You can put up all the sacred geometry, all the Metatron's cubes, all the flowers of life, all the fruit, you know, all the sacred geometrical symbols, the seeds, put it all up there. Have your random unprotected sex, you know, drink excessively, drop acid, care about the environment. Wow, look at the colors. I love the green. And then leave a big pile of trash behind. Right? That's what they did in Glasgow. Prince Charles wasn't the only pile of trash left in Glasgow. Prince Charles was one of limitless piles of trash left in Glasgow. And I think it's interesting because the people that are really interested in the environment seem to be the least interested in actually protecting it. They want demand, in fact, not just want. They demand government action. People like myself, I'll just live, you know, conservatively, environmentally speaking, and I don't need the government to tell me what to do. And if I want a gun for self-defense, I'll get a gun for self-defense. You know, things that just freak people out. You want to take personal responsibility? You, you, you want to personally defend yourself? You want to personally be in charge of your money? Why wouldn't you want a big central bank to be in charge of it? Why wouldn't you want a police officer with a gun to help you? Why? 
Well, why don't you well, why don't you like the environment? I do. Well, why don't you leave trash everywhere? Because I care about the environment. I don't want to leave trash everywhere. We leave trash because we care. We leave trash everywhere because we really care. And look at this. Look at these piles. of It's just literally piles of trash. There's a picture here in the New York Times. There's a guy sitting next to the trash. He looks he's dwarfed by the piles of trash. I'm not being hyperbolic. Literally, there's piles of trash. Now, here's the thing. Jeff Bezos says billions and billions of people, you know, can live on Earth, but not many, not many more than 10 billion. We're going to have to go into the stars. And so coming back around to what I was saying after I mentioned Jeff Bezos, you know, there's a lot of things that need to be discussed. Humans probably, you know, evolutionary speaking, at least technologically, you know, technologically evolutionarily speaking, humans probably need to go out into space. We need to colonize other planets. And there's probably a lot more out there than what we acknowledge even in the most strictest secret you know, confidential, top-secret, special-access programs. There's probably bases on the moon and bases on Mars now. They might be human, they might be alien, I don't know. We know that there's enough oxygen to even just to, to, to live on the moon for, for thousands of years, billions of people. I feel like powerful, rich elitists tell us these kinds of things because they want to keep our eyes looking up at the sky, hoping that something will get better and, 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 you know, wanting to run away from what is in front of us. Leave the trash behind like Wally and escape to a big ship somewhere, to another planet. And while all that's happening, you know, one might think, outside of the Glasgow summit, uh, what other justification, because they used the pandemic at Glasgow, what justification could you use to get people to stop eating certain things, stop traveling, stay in their homes, lock down, be afraid of other people, quarantine, etc.? Well, a pandemic was a great way to get people to do those things. And now that we've had a so-called pandemic for two years, there's no more normal. There's a new normal. There's a great reset normally, a green great reset or a great green reset. And what this is resulting in is a world in which everything is completely upside down. You remember Prince Philip once said that he wanted to reincarnate as a deadly virus so that he could do, you know, some bad stuff to humans. Remember that? So he could solve over... Look at that vampire. That, that guy is a vampire, folks. Overpopulation. He wants to be a virus to curb overpopulation. Really? My God. Really? Well, NASA has a, has a little report out right now. And it comes from the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, and it refutes scientifically, though confirms technically, a lot of the things we've heard in the last two years about carbon dioxide emissions. We've been hearing that lockdowns were really good. They helped the planet. What we didn't hear was the context of that data. According to NASA's website, Emission reductions from pandemic had unexpected effects on atmosphere November 9th, 2021. 5.4% carbon dioxide 
emission reduction in 2020, seemingly confirming what we heard in the media. Lockdowns curbed carbon emissions. What the media didn't tell us, of course, was that the amount of CO2 in the atmosphere continued to grow anyway at about the same rate as preceding years. So even though we reduced emissions, so let's say you get to net zero. According to this report, the CO2 in the atmosphere will continue to grow anyway. Why? Well, according to data from NASA's Orbiting Carbon Observatory 2 satellite and NASA's Godard Earth Observing System atmospheric model, the researchers identified two reasons. The 5.4% drop in emissions was significant nonetheless, but the growth in atmospheric concentrations was within the normal range of year-to-year variation caused by natural processes. Did they just say what I thought they said? I mean this so sincerely, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to think about this real hard and real long. Think about it. NASA and the proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences are acknowledging, yeah, carbon emissions fell 5.4%. That's a lot in 2020. But carbon continued to grow in the atmosphere. Why? Because it's a natural process. I mean, it's more technical than that. It's more scientific than that. But it's essentially that. What does that tell you? That tells you that just like the medieval warm period, you've been duped and you've been cut out of the loop. The medieval warm period showed that the planet was hotter from 800 to 1400 AD. I'm telling you that off the top of my head, I'm not reading that from somewhere. 800 to about 13 or 1400 AD, the planet was hotter than it is now. The planet was actually hotter in the 90s than it is now. The planet's going through a cooling process. But if you focus on little bumps in heat on a tiny little chart, which if you go back, you stand back, it's a big chart, but you zoom in so it's a little chart, you can see increases, temperature, 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 but really it's part of a much larger decline in temperature. And you know what skeptic websites will tell you? I looked up the medieval warm period months ago when I did a show on this. I did a show called the... Uh, it was in the IPCC report came out that they used at Glasgow. I did a show called, Are You Down With IPCC? You know, you down with OPP, you down with IPCC. And in that show, I talked about the skeptical reports on the medieval warm period, where they actually acknowledged them. Some don't even acknowledge them. And they said it was a result of natural processes. What natural processes? They said the sun. Yes. So then the liberal media in particular says, people make these natural process claims. Well, yes, because natural processes are reasons and the primary reason that there is climate activity that might look like it's man-made, but it's really a natural process. You're taking something natural and saying that it's bad, putting the responsibility and blame on somebody, and then demonizing that group to advance your political agenda. Humans are, of course, the group. And anyone who won't take the climate pledge and go to the struggle sessions. Hint, hint, if you know what I mean. How do you think you get to a climate struggle session anyway? You can already write those for newspapers. They, they want you to have your climate, uh, you know, confessions is what they call them. Confessions of a carbon polluter. Are you kidding me? Who's running the show? Extraterrestrials? Because there can't seem to be any other explanation for this except people like Prince Philip who wants to be a virus so he can kill most of the world's population. Are you kidding 
Are these people serious? Prince Charles wants a vast military force to basically wipe out any country who refuses to participate in the climate green new deal, great reset green scam. And then carbon emissions drop significantly. So they're right about that, but they don't tell us the growth in the atmosphere remained the same. In fact, it increased because of natural processes, just like the medieval warm period was a result of natural processes. But not only that, other things reduced in the atmosphere as a result of lockdown. Nitrogen oxides. And in the presence of sunlight, they react with other compounds to create ozone. That's a no, no, no. As my son Fox says, ah, 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 when he can't touch something. Ah, 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 he says to himself, Ozone is an ah-ah-ah thing, right? Well, NOx quickly dropped, leading to a reduction in ozone. A little bit of a problem here, though, just like genetic engineering where they alter some cells and they tell you, look, look, it's better. Columbia University, New York, they altered some genetics of mice, literally blind mice. And they said, look, the mice can see. And then they said, wait a minute. What's that? Oh, my God. We didn't look at the computer analysis. These mice now have thousands of genetic mutations and hundreds of deletions and insertions of other genes because we altered one gene. Oops, but they look fine. That's literally what they concluded at Columbia University. And by the way, everything I'm telling you, I've got in my book, The Technological Elixir. The Technological Elixir. You can buy the book separately on the website, digital, physical, free shipping in the U.S., or get a free physical copy when you sign up to the Patreon Subscription bundle, archive for the month, or when you just simply do the subscription for one year on the website, www.thesecretteachings.info. This book is packed. I've got a huge section on, I don't even know how to start off by telling you what this book has. It's, it's 550 pages almost, and it is a massive compilation of material. There's a huge UFO section at the end now. Big, big section on UFOs. So there's a lot of stuff in this book. And it has all this information, including I've, I've added the, so I have a new update coming out, you know, by the end of the year, and I've added this, this new NASA study. And they're saying that by reducing the, the NOx emissions, the, 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 the you know, the, the ozone is, is depleted, which is a good thing, but it does something else. Because you reduce the NOxes and you reduce the ozone, it throws things out of whack, just like the genetic engineering of those mice. It limited, quote, the atmosphere's ability to cleanse itself of another important greenhouse gas, methane. So although carbon dioxide emissions dropped, concentrations increased. And they said it was all natural. But methane increased by 0.3% in the past year. That's a substantial increase of methane in the atmosphere. A faster rate than at any other time in the last decade, says NASA. With less NOx, there was less hydroxyl radical to scrub methane away, so it stayed in the atmosphere longer. I think that this is a comedy show. Got to get the carbon dioxide out. Got to get the ozone out. And then when you get rid of it, what happens? Oops. Thousands of genetic mutations, hundreds of deletions and insertions. Got to get rid of that. Got to get rid of that. Uh, that, 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 that carbon. Got to get rid of the the, the 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 NOx. But once you get rid of the nitrogen oxides, you also get rid of ozone, and it leaves the door open for more methane. So another crackerjack job. Another brilliant, intelligent. Conscious 
whatever word you want to use. Another crackerjack job by the scientists working for the green movement with big paychecks. Round of applause. You got more methane in the atmosphere. Yeah, you got more, more carbon in the atmosphere. And you're stupid. You even admit, you admit that it's natural. This report should be on every mainline news station, but it won't be because it doesn't fit the official narrative. It won't even be on most alternative news. I sent this thing to Clyde Lewis. I don't know if he's going to talk about it. I don't know anybody else who talks about this kind of stuff that I can send it to. You know, this is something you should get a copy of. You should print this thing out. I've also got the information in my book, The Technological Elixir. That's The Technological Elixir. My other books are Food Philosophy and Occult Arcana. You can buy the books on the website to support the show, read reviews of those books on the website, and if you'd like to support the broadcast outside of the books, maybe you already have a book, you can, of course, buy a book for friend or family member for the holidays or the holy days. Get them a 25% off right now, Pro One Water Filter, the holiday sale through Pro One. The link is on our website at the top of the page with the slider bar. Or our subscription service. I've been asked numerous times by multiple people about Patreon I've put in a $5 a month keep it simple plan for behind the scenes content and more. I've actually done something a lot more than that, though. I've gone in and added an archive bundle, $15 a month. It's finally here, the archive bundle. Not only do you get the perks listed on the Patreon, behind the scenes videos, make your own requests for shows, shout outs, audio commissions, whatever. And when you sign up for the first month, you get a free copy of Food Philosophy or the Technological Elixir. The book's 28 bucks. You sign up for the monthly deal, it's only 15 and you get all this extra stuff on and through Patreon. But you get access to the Secret Teachings Archive, the Montage Archive. You can download and listen to every show, every montage. And you get digital copies of all the books. $15 a month. And it's on an honor system, so $15 a month could technically do it one time and then cancel it but i like to be honorable here on the show and i believe that if you support this show you're probably an honorable person as well so please go to patreon if you want that deal or our website thesecretteachings.info you can subscribe for one week one month or one year when you subscribe for one year you get the book your choice free shipping in the u.s and you also have the option of donating one time for the subscription so you don't have that reoccurring payment. We're also asking if you have the ability to support us. A lot of people already have. For our Escape from New York fundraiser, you can use the email rdgable at yahoo.com or click the link on PayPal. Got a little over half a dozen people who have committed 25 bucks here, $25 there to the fundraiser. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart, the bottom of my soul for supporting this show, letting me know that you're out there not only philosophically, but also financially allowing us to do what we do five nights a week here on The Fringe. And of course, our one-hour Saturday morning show over on Aftermath FM. You can actually find uh, all those shows that I've done on Aftermath so far. There's a link on our website at the top of the page. But we are first and foremost here on The Fringe for you Monday through Friday, five nights a week. Thank you all for listening. 
Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy, and we will talk to you on the next broadcast. Oh, and one last thing. The promo for tonight, for those of you who might be wondering, it's Jackie Gleason. It's the Honeymooners. One of these days, straight to the moon. One of these days, straight back to the moon. The Artemis mission. Now, postponed because of, you know, things like the Green Movement. Much more important. We'll talk to you soon. Stay with the Fringe FM.